Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Podcast, leading the way in education. I'm your host, Andrea DeLaCerda, and each week I'm bringing you insightful discussions and news about changes in the landscape of education today. As a former middle school teacher and corporate communications executive, I'm here to share how my experience with corporate clients can and should influence the way that we think about marketing and education ecosystem. We'll talk about what's working, what isn't working, and how to change the paradigm of public versus private once and for all. In this episode, we'll evaluate how public-private partnerships can be a catalyst for change in public education. We'll talk about how to create effective, scalable partnerships that can support equitable opportunities for your students. And as a side note, if after this podcast you'd like a deeper understanding of this topic and ways to best implement it, please check out our resources at candulacommunications.com. You can also find that link in the episode notes. There you'll find in some instruction on this and other topics meant to support your team in building your capacity for strategic communication and partnership development. So I hope you'll check it out. But let's get started. As I've said before, and why I created this podcast, I truly believe that education is at a crossroads today, and we need public and private entities working together to build a bridge between education and workforce opportunities. But let's back up a little. So let's talk about what public-private partnerships actually are. Public-private partnerships, also known as PPPs or P3s, are collaborative arrangements between public sector entities like government agencies and institutions and private sector organizations, businesses, and even nonprofit entities. So these partnerships are formed to design, finance, implement, and operate projects or services that were traditionally within the domain of just the private, the public sector. So really giving, providing additional resources to support the public sector's initiatives really for the benefit of everyone. So the goal of these partnerships is to harness the efficiency of private sector while addressing public needs and priorities. But there's some common examples that you might already be familiar with. So let's talk about development of transportation infrastructure, such as toll roads, that is a public-private working together for the development of transportation infrastructure. Or another example is the provision of public utilities. So oftentimes you might have a wholesale water company that's not a public company, but sells is a, but ends up being a public utility. Sometimes the construction and management of schools and hospitals is another example of a public and private entity, public using private sector resources to produce what is a public service for the community. But how do these translate to education beyond this just example that I gave about building a school? How else might these partnerships translate? Let's talk about first in the area of innovation. I think that's an area where we think about right away is that there's a tremendous amount of progressive development and innovation in the private sector that we may not associate with the public sector. So that's certainly an area where ed tech companies, for example, can really add a lot of value. Moving these schools into the 21st century, utilizing these technologies that have already been procured, though that in and of itself creates trans- it creates efficiencies at the school, but adopting the new technology in a public entity like a school district, especially a large one, as you can imagine, can take 
a tremendous amount of time and has its challenges when it comes to buy-in, board approval, going out to bid, etc. But I want to talk about one early example of this because, of course, public-private is not necessarily a new idea. Of course, technology has put us a little bit on the fast track of how public and private can work together. But years ago, I'm st- this is 2013. 2013, there was an, an example of how LAUSD tried to tap into this, the technology that was available, but it didn't exactly go as planned. So this was Los Angeles Unified School District had iPads that they wanted to give out to all of their 600,000 students in the district as a teaching tool. This was a $1 billion program providing an iPad into the hands of every single student. They teamed up with a publisher, Pearson, their curriculum partner, and they committed, Pearson committed to loading math and English curriculum on every single iPad. But unfortunately, they didn't follow through on that ask. And so each student ended up with an iPad and no specific use for it. Furthermore, teachers were not given any additional strategies to incorporate this technology. They had 32 students in their class, 32 iPads sitting there, but no direction as to how to implement this into their teaching during the day. So at the end of the day, technology in and of itself, we know isn't the answer, but it's the effective strategies to support students utilizing the technology and that can be successful. So this was a $1 billion program, I can't underscore that enough, that really resulted in nothing but iPads sitting in these classrooms. The LA Times actually reported in 2015, this is a case of how not to mix education and technology. And while it was really costly and wasteful and generally embarrassing for everyone involved, it does illuminate what not to do as more schools attempt to integrate technology in classrooms. However, we've learned a few things since 2013 about how public-private partnerships can achieve many goals, including how to expand access to quality education, an extremely important topic. With an emphasis on equity, public-private partnerships can more effectively address the challenge of access in many regions, particularly our underserved communities and our rural communities. One example, this is an international example, is Bridge International Academies, a global education initiative that exemplifies the successful implementation of a PPP to address educational challenges in underserved communities in developing countries, particularly in the sub-Saharan Africa, in sub-Saharan Africa and Asia. The organization collaborates with governments, local communities, and private investors to establish and operate low-cost scalable and technology-driven schools. Bridge International Academies have significantly increased access to education in remote and underserved areas, and by providing a scalable model, they reach children who might otherwise lack access to formal schooling. But And that's an international example, but even here in the U.S., as recently as 2013, access has been an obstacle preventing some rural schools and families from accessing the internet for educational purposes. And even as as recent as the pandemic in 2020, we saw that firsthand when many, when many families in rural communities were truly unable 
to access the internet for the purposes of their education. And uh, President Obama's Connect Ed initiative, so this is back in 2013, President Obama's Connect Ed initiative was meant to connect 99% of American students to ultra-fast broadband within five years. In partnership with the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, and various private sector technology companies who also participated in that partnership. And while progress was made in addressing the digital divide, in this example, challenges still persisted. And as I just mentioned, in 2020, that was very, that was highlighted when uh, we didn't, when students couldn't go to school in person and had to access the internet. And in a lot of cases, in many communities, they didn't have access. It's still challenging to keep up with the evolving and societal demands, and especially in a bureaucratic environment like education. But we are seeing some cloud-based tools like Khan Academy, for example, a free personalized learning resource providing a lot of value and filling in the gaps for students. But again, students who do have access to the internet. While PPPs have demonstrated significant positive impacts, there are still challenges such as ensuring equity, maintaining accountability, and addressing potential privatization concerns that requires careful consideration. But overall, when structured and managed effectively, we found that public-private partnerships have the potential to be powerful mechanisms for driving positive change and improving educational outcomes on a global scale. There's a lot to dig in on this topic, and this is one that I feel passionately about We do a lot of work as an organization around building public-private partnerships for our clients. And so this is a topic that we will come back to. I'd love to look at it from an equity standpoint, specifically an access standpoint. I think there's a whole lot of work that can be done in bringing public-private together to solve some of the uh, fundamental challenges that we find in education, um, particularly when our underserved and rural populations. Things like transportation can be an issue. Language can be an issue. Food access can be an issue. And these are things that can be addressed if public and private is working together to encourage systemic change. So we're on the right track, but we definitely have a ways to go. That's all we have for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch us please next week for another new episode. Just a reminder to please review and subscribe. We hope you'll join us next week. Take care.